those in our community, Project ID, and uh, just the great work that they are doing uh, now, not just in Spokane, but extending out across the world. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here today, or if you're watching online at our online campus, we're excited because today is a super special day. We're going to kind of unleash an avalanche of generosity today, and I this worship set, man, it just got me jacked up. I am like excited, uh, joy-filled, and that's how giving should be. It shouldn't be guilt-induced or pressure-oriented. It should always just come from this overflow of the heart. And it's people like Project ID that are serving needs and some of the most vulnerable in our community, and we want to bless them today. Uh, not because we're such great people, because, you know, we're just normal, everyday, broken, imperfect people. Not even because such a great need exists, but something even more compelling as to why we would want to do this. Here's what it is. I want to put it on the screen for you. God's extravagant generosity towards us compels us to be extravagantly generous towards others. Just let that sink in for a moment. His extravagant, mind-blowing generosity towards you and towards me compels us to want to be grace-giving, generous, pouring out people to others. So the reason that we're pretty excited about this series and especially amped up for today is because of what God has done, his love, the love of Christ, that we get to demonstrate a little bit of that in our community. When describing Christians, most people who don't know or care about God often associate Christianity with a political party. That's unfortunate. Or with even a politician, a candidate, or with a real, just a dogmatic grouping of ideas or just people that walk around seem like they're uptight a lot. And I love the opportunity to flip that mentality on its head. And that's the opportunity that we get today to make this big difference and bless a lot of people and out of a spirit of joy, out of a spirit of gratefulness for what God has done for us. After living and watching Jesus up close and personal, over multiple years, John, one of his disciples, said this in John 1.14. The Word, that's Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the whole gospel. Grace and truth. And it was John's way of saying that God didn't just watch us in our brokenness and all of our families that are dysfunctional and this messed up society we live in and go, man, you guys are screwed up. Good luck with all that. But no, he came. As the message translation says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And that's a reason to celebrate not just at Christmas, but every single day of our life to go, thank you, God, you are with us. You are with me. John was absolutely convinced that Jesus was more than just a great teacher 
or a rabbi, more than a prophet. Jesus said this in his recorded prayer in John 17. He said, I have brought you glory on earth. He's talking to his father. And I've completed the work you gave me to do. Now, typically, when we think of what Jesus came here to do was to forgive us, right? To save us, to die on the cross and to bring salvation. And yes, that is a part of it. That is a very important part of it. But Jesus didn't just come to get you to heaven. Jesus came to bring some of heaven here to earth. Jesus came to to not only save us, sinners needing saving, but he also came to use us to be his hands and feet extended to bring healing, to bring wholeness, to bring mercy, to bring compassion, to bring grace to this broken world. Jesus, when he came, he, he put a face on God. Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, asked Jesus, he said, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, man, I've been with you all of this time. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus didn't just demonstrate what the Father cared about, what the Father liked, but whom God liked. And you look at, uh, you look at, 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 at the life of Jesus and it just shocked the first century. It's still shocking people today. Maybe you've heard some of these statements, God, lo- God is love, or God loves everybody, or people matter to God. Did you know that all three of those statements, all three of those ideas, those are uniquely, distinctly Christian ideas? I mean, throughout the world, the various gods that existed at that time, I mean, that was unheard of. The Greek and Roman gods, they didn't care about anybody. They didn't love people. They toyed with people. The Aztec and Polynesian gods, they were fickle and often required human sacrifice to appease them. Throughout the worlds, throughout the world, gods didn't come to care for people, and therefore they didn't require people to care. Jesus introduced this idea that God loves people wants a relationship with us personally and corporately. He didn't just love obedient people or Jewish people or people who read the Bible. or pe- No, he loves all people. And that was a brand new idea for the world. When we look around back then and even today, what we often see are caste systems, whether they're identified that way or not, Caste systems elevate one group over another group. In the Jewish culture, that particular day that Jesus lived in, that idea was very much well, alive and well. Whole groups of people were put down, devalued, while other groups were made to be more valuable, more privileged. In Jesus' day, they had people who maybe they deserved a bad life, right? That's how people thought. That's what people thought. Oh, you deserve that. Lower class people, sinners, you deserve what you get. Shepherds, sick people, divorced people, disabled people, women, the poor. Societies push people down and bless and elevate others. And yet everywhere Jesus went, he brought dignity and he elevated people. 
He taught in such a way that you learned compassion was an expression of strength, not weakness. The whole gospel that Jesus preached and he lived was about caring for the vulnerable, doing justice and loving mercy. That it wasn't enough to just have a proclaimed word. It wasn't enough just to be right. It wasn't enough just to go to heaven, but that there was this responsibility because we reflect God's heart to our community around us. This responsibility to bring healing and wholeness and reconciliation to every person and every people group. Jesus stunned his audience time and time again as he would reach out to some of the more vulnerable, those who were pushed to the margins of society. In John 15, he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, I don't know about you, but I was not considered a friend of God when Jesus laid his life down for me. He laid his life down for me when I was still dead in my trespasses and sins. And so he reached out that arm of friendship. He's the one who reconciled me. I had nothing to do with it. All I said was, God, thank you for loving me, for saving me. Jesus often acted in ways that upset the apple cart in society. You'll remember the time that he stopped and he had this conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. She was there kind of ostracized from the Jewish community. One, because she was a Samaritan. Two, because she was a woman of ill repute. And Jesus sits down next to her which was totally unheard of for a Jewish man to sit next to and talk to a Samaritan woman. And he said, would you drop your bucket into that Samaritan well and allow me to be able to drink from your cup and have some water? Jesus loved to show value, dignity, and empower women. Jesus touched the sick when nobody else would. He embraced children when the adults wanted them pushed aside. He lifted up the poor and taught that poverty of spirit was actually good. Everywhere he went, he elevated people and he lifted these artificial ceilings and he broke down these casts. He made love real by doing what was best for other people. In the Sermon on the Mount, you'll remember that... Uh, Jesus said it this way, he said in verse 43 of Matthew 5, he said, you have heard that it is said, you shall, what, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He's saying, you've heard in the law that, yeah, go ahead and love those who are likable, who you like, who it makes sense to love them and despise bad people. And Jesus said, no, I'm lifting that to a whole new level. I say, love those who hate you and pray for those who make your life miserable. Love those who can't pay you back. Love those who you don't agree with. Why? Because that's the kind of love that God has for us. God so loved the world 
that he gave. And when we love like him, we become like him. Jesus told us when you love people who can't repay you, that's when you're most like me. That's when you're showing love to me. He said it this way, I was hungry and you fed me. He said, I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Whenever you did one of these things to someone who was overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. So who is our neighbor? When we say, we've said through this series, love your neighbor, right? Love God first. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But love your neighbor like you love yourself. Loving your neighbor isn't just loving someone that you like. It's not just loving someone next door. A neighbor, according to Jesus, is anyone in need. Anyone. They don't need to be the same religion or race or social status. My neighbor is a refugee fleeing persecution who ends up in Spokane. My neighbor is the baby not yet born fighting for their life. My neighbor is a pregnant teenager hurting and confused. My neighbor is a homeless man or woman wondering where they can sleep that night so they don't freeze. My neighbor is the guy on the street screaming into the air because he struggles with mental illness. My neighbor is that special needs person with a disability. My neighbor is not just the person who lives next door. God so loved the world that he gave. And he calls us to be that same kind of person. He calls us to love in that same kind of way. So here we are. We have that opportunity right now to be able to do that. I wish I could solve every problem. I mean, but the truth is, is that caring about every cause, every problem that exists in the world overwhelms us and shuts us down. I don't know about you, but I, I can get that way where I just feel like I can't do anything. And I can't solve every problem, but we can do for the one what we wish we could do for everyone. We can make a difference. So here's how it works. I want to give us this opportunity right now to unleash a wave of generosity in our community and around the world. And it's going to be fun, okay? It's going to be fun. So here's how it works. We asked some of our strategic partners that we already have vetted, we already give to regularly, and we've just said, okay, you, what if, what if you were to dream and think into the future and say, if I had a little bit more, here's what I could do. Here are the ways that I could meet needs. Here are the ways that we could expand our reach. And, and, and so we got some answers back. And here were the questions that I asked. What would make a big difference for you? And secondly, what would help you make a big difference? So we got some ideas back from these different organizations and charities and nonprofits and uh, didn't make any promises or anything to say, hey, we're going to give X amount of dollars. But I just want to know what those needs were. And here's, here's our commitment. 100% of everything that comes in in this special offering will go out the doors, every single penny. We will not retain any of it to help any of the ministries here at North Church or pay the lights or do any of that. All of it goes out. And so I'm asking that we have 100% participation, that all of us join in on that and say, yeah, we, I want to be a part of seeing these various 
organizations blessed and people ultimately being blessed. And uh, so that's the, that's the deal. That's, that's what we're going to do. So here's the ask is $40. $40 for every single person. Uh, and if we were to do that, $40, how'd you come up with that, Mike? Well, here's the deal. If every one of us watching on our online church, everyone who participates and belongs to this church or attends and uh, frequently or infrequently, if we were to do that, we'd raise over $25,000 that we could just give away. And uh, so that's, that's how we came up with that. And I realize that some people uh, have more than that. Some people have less than that. Again, 100% participation. So if $40 is like this mind-blowing amount for you right now in your life, understandable. I know you would if you could. Just give something. Give something to help people. Um, and then for others, you could actually add on another zero to that 40. Or maybe even two zeros for a few of us, right? Think about the things that you have spent money on for 40 bucks that you don't even remember, you don't even care about. Like that fast food meal that you went, oh man, why did I do that? Or those designer jeans that you don't even like two months from now. Or that health club membership that pays for a month that you haven't even been once. I know that we can, do, we can spend money on things that we don't even know about, care about, remember. But this is something that will make a huge difference. So... Let's, let's participate. Let's all be a part of this. And remember that as God loved the world he gave, we want to represent him in that same kind of way. And uh, so I can ask this boldly because all of it's going to go out to bless other people. Now, let me give you a couple of the, uh, of the asks, a couple of the things that these various nonprofits, organizations, and, and charities have asked, what, what they could do. World Relief is one of those. It's a, it's a, a re, refugee resettling agency right here in Spokane. They do a tremendous job helping honest, hardworking families who are fleeing religious and political persecution in other countries. And they go through an intense vetting process in order to get to our, to our country. And uh, many, most of the refugees that even make it here have been living for about 10 years in a refugee camp. One example is Fatima, an Afghan former science teacher who fled with her four young boys through seven countries in 11 years before being cleared to seek refuge in the U.S. She had to avoid the Taliban, her abusive husband, crossing mountains, hiding in crates of fruit and vegetables. And then with the help of World Relief, she was able to obtain her green card. Her kids uh, enrolled in our public schools. Her oldest child was awarded a, a scholarship, a full scholarship to Whitworth. And if they had more money for relief, they could help resettle people like Fatima. But the legal costs and the hoops that you have to jump through are intense and, and often unreachable. And so by assisting them today, we can help in a very practical way resettle one of these families. Life services. Another great organization exists to provide hope and support to empower those facing an unplanned pregnancy. Now, they are a life-affirming organization. They don't recommend or perform abortions. What Life Services does is to give women hope, to provide information at that critical time where they're able to uh, be able to feel the love, 
coming from people and actually not just have information and testing and things that would assist them medically, but also they, can, they have a place where they can actually live and be mentored during that most difficult time of their life. They also launched a fatherhood initiative recently, helping dads, coming alongside of the dads in those difficult times. And uh, they have uh, what's called a mobile clinic. They've parked it outside in our parking lot before. And it, it not only raises awareness, but it, it's a place where they can provide a very safe uh, place to be able to have a pregnancy test, STD testing, as well as ultrasounds. And they need, a, here's what they need. They need a garage that they can park this in during the winter. And that garage is super expensive. So if we could contribute towards that, it would help them be able to maintain that mobile clinic. Another thing that many organizations need right now during COVID is media and camera equipment in order to project online so that these organizations continue to survive and thrive. So we would be able to help them with a couple of those things. UGM, Union Gospel Mission, has a women and children's shelter, and it's a, something we've partnered with for years. And it's a safe place for women and children who have found themselves in crisis due to homelessness or abuse. They're able to go there. UGM not only gets people off the streets, but provides food and shelter. And the goal is to bring transformation to their life, which includes even some job training and job assistance in getting a job. And uh, so right now they're serving 120 sack lunches every single day because they can't open their kitchen yet. They need lunch meat and condiment packets and chips and paper products. They also want some and need some new furniture for Ogden Hall. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we have sponsored a women's room at the shelter that it takes $5,000 to care for one woman and help her with her family, with her children, be able to get off the street and, and find a new life. Project ID we talked about in the video. They continue to need help in order to uh, get the equipment they need to keep projecting and, and helping and not abandoning those during COVID that need it the most, who are in group homes, and we want to help them. And then Surf Spokane, right here in our parking lot. The mission of Surf Spokane is to share God's love with our community by serving people in practical ways, specifically with food and with clothing. And COVID has just created this increase of need in our community right now. Surf Spokane's been helping over a thousand people per month uh, with food and clothing, moms and dads laid off, children, senior citizens, refugees, uh, and many of our homeless population. Their big need right now is to purchase uh, a, an electric pallet jack, and that would cost $3,500. And what they would do with that is be able to move and organize better the thousands of pounds of food that they get in and give out. They need about 1,500 to finish the bathroom that they've been working on in order to have a place for their clients to use. And of course, bite to go is a partner with us, with Surf Spokane. They serve throughout our community, all the, the public schools, partnering with churches. And it's estimated that 2,000 children every night go to sleep wondering if they'll have enough food the next day. It's called food insecure. And bite to go puts together these meal packets, these boxes that they, kids get to go home with on the weekend because they can have low or reduced price meals during the week at school, but on the weekend, it's another deal. So 
bite to go serves this huge need. We would love to help another 50 kids at Evergreen be able to have bite to go meals. And that takes about $4,500. These are just some of the ministries. I don't have time. I'm not going to keep going and going and going. These, this is just a sampling of some of the ministries and some of the things that the donations that happen today are going to go out and meet those needs. And our generosity is going to help some of these partners knock it out of the park in their ministry. So if you have more complicated kind of trust fund or foundation or your budget's really complicated and you need a little more time, totally understandable. But let's try and, uh, if you're not able to do it today, let's make sure that we get it in this week so that we can know what we came up with and I can announce it next Sunday. So again, 100% participation, not just in the room, but online as well. Here are a couple of the options that we're going to give you in just a second. One is, and all of them just take about three minutes. 100% of all the donations are going to leave here to go and serve those in distress. So text to give is one way. So the number on your screen, you just text the word give to it, and then you can give just through that avenue alone. Or you can go on our webpage, go up to the link and, uh, that says give, and there will be a drop-down. And on both these options, make sure and choose the drop-down option of love your neighbor so that it doesn't go towards the tithe, okay? We want to make sure all of that goes out. Um, and then if you're right here on our main campus in person, um, you're welcome to just sit in your seat when we're done here in a moment and use the text to give or use the online uh, giving to, at our website. Or you can write out a check and uh, there'll be tables out in the lobby where you can go and give the check uh, to the table, please, and memo that, love your neighbor, uh, or cash, cash is always good, or if you have a debit card, there will be square devices out there with someone to help you with that and make it really simple and really fast. So those are our options. You can pick one. And our kids' ministry, they're prepared to watch your kids. They're safe. They're comfortable. Don't be in a rush. Let's just pray for a moment and let God speak to us, and let's all participate in being a part of this. God, thank you for your love for us. Lord, that you initiated the friendship. You initiated the relationship. You gave as part of your love. Lord, will you help each one of us be able to hear your voice and be led by your spirit today as we participate in this very practical expression of giving that serves our city, serves our world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You ready to go? One, two. Hey, we are so excited that you can join us here today online with us. I just want to encourage you, if the message spoke to you today, I want you to reach out. So you might be on your laptop, you might be on, it might be on your TV or your phone, but I want to encourage you to actually click that prayer request button, reach out to the host, or click that first connect sign at the top left of your screen. And I want to encourage you to get connected and be involved into the life of our church. Have a wonderful week.